This is the Pro Wrestling Post podcast, and on this week's show... In AEW, a new heavyweight champion was crowned, and an AEW major announcement made next Tuesday. And we'll also be looking at this week's NXT and look ahead to this Sunday's NXT War Games Takeover. All that and more. Hello everyone, fancy seeing you here, long time no here. Uh, I will get to my apologies very quickly, but this is the Pro Wrestling Post podcast and my name is Mark Blake and I'm very, very happy to uh, record once again. It has been quite a while and as always, I'm joined by my best bud, by my head honcho, Mr. Mark Madison. How are we, mate? We are good, my friend. It has been too long it's there's radio silence and i'm not really sure what podcast silence you call but there is too many gaps too much space that was three long weeks um folks boys girls ladies and gentlemen we apologize real life kind of got in the way and kicked mine and mark's ass we uh we were totally busy, totally overwhelmed with, with real-life work issues and everything else that the pod had to take a back seat. But we're back. We are back. We are minus one, you may notice. Mr. Pete Moon uh, is still with us, but we've had to send him down to Developmental, our NXT slash OVW, so to speak. Uh, he will be back. He will come back, pop in and out. He'll show us his brand-new skills. And uh, I'm sure he will quite happily tell you all to read Brace for Impact. Um, I can't oh, do it as good as him. It. Yeah, yes. I, I can't do it as good as him. But it, it, you know, <laughs> you know, long-term listeners, you'll know. So we do apologise, but we are back. And minus the Christmas week, we should be back every week for good. Or until <laughs> our wives tell us to stop. One of the two. Um, so with that out of the way, and with everything hopefully back on an even keel should we talk about what happened on aew this week because oh my god i did not see any of that coming not at all not at all didn't see it coming but yeah definitely let's talk about it (laughs) so so for those of you who have stayed away from social media or maybe live under a rock this past wednesday winter definitely came uh, at aew a huge huge things happened i can't even i can't even say i'm still shocked now uh, over what happened we had a a debut we had a possible cross promotion and we had a new champ mark i i caught up with this earlier today very quickly on on fast forward skip about 16 speed and (laughs) i like i said i'm still in shock i did not see any of this coming so fair play to aw for keeping under their hats well what, what can you say much like yourself, uh, it's really hard to to have seen this coming. Um, some rumors had floated out potentially the idea of a cross promotional could happen hypothetically. People have wanted it. Um, the idea is promising. It's exciting. It's something to get behind. I, I think the promotions involved from a North American and a national television market and the 
the ability to reach as many homes as they have. Bravo to those involved, no doubt. Do we do we spill the beans as to who, so, who we're talking yeah. about? AW's in yeah. the I'm gonna stay in bed with, but <laughs> I think hey, happy days. Hey. Yeah, we'll 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 start from the top. So what what Mark and, and myself have been talking about is that due to the shenanigans of the main event last night, it seems that the new that's right, folks, the new AEW champion is gonna be on Impact Wrestling next week. Do do you want to take it from there, mate? Yeah, that's the most surprising thing. So for those that watch the show, um, Executive Vice President of Impact Wrestling, Don Callis, those might be familiar, Don Callis, as being um, an on-air presence, part of Impact, part of ECW. If we even go further back, he's he's known. He's had a role in New Japan, either on commentary. He's known. He's recognized. He's respected. Got a mind for the business, and he definitely is involved. The backstage shenanigans of showing his allegiance to his friend in Kenny Omega coming to the forefront. And in the main event, as John Moxley, um, a dad to be, and maybe maybe I feel bad for him because he's he's not going to be defending and he's going to be up changing diapers. But at the same time, we could be enjoying him in the ring. So most people have scruff on their face. He had scruff on his chest. <laughs> he he <laughs> was he he was he ended up being hit in the head with a with a microphone that Don Callis brought to ringside to distract the referee. I like the way I like the way that that Callis Callis you know air quotes got hurt rather than telling the referee just by talking to him like you and me are right now. He literally has to go get a mic to talk to the referee to say that he is hurt as a way of using the mic in the, in the finish of the match. It was very clever, um, a bit overacted, but it's, it's Don Callis. He overegs everything, bless him. That was, that was good. Very, very good. And then the finish was just crazy. It, it, the, the, what happened, it flashed by in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even sure what that red stuff was. That kind of it looked like they were rose petals or something. Um, <laughs> looked like they were being. I'm not really sure if he was trying to serenade him, but they looked like rose petals, so they floated in the air. I'm not sure what it was. Did you get an idea? It's, you know what I'm talking about? I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. basically, um, Moxley gets hit in the head with a mic, and apparently the mic, which I'm looking at my mic right now, and I don't think it would hit me in the head and caused me to bust open but apparently that's what happened to moxley and omega wins the title quick celebration and then as <laughs> don Callis grabs him and drags him to the back passes tony khan who is screaming blue murder at the pair of them passes a few talent who are doing the same thing about to jump in a car and then don Callis gets pulled over by is it is it alex marvez the uh, uh, yes. the backstage yep. announcer yep and says that, you know, what the hell's going on? Can you explain? And, and Don Callis says, yeah, I can explain. I'll explain you on Tuesday night on, a on AXS, which is obviously Impact Wrestling's TV station. Well, Marvez's, Marvez's response is pretty funny, but but Dynamite <laughs> airs on Wednesday. Exactly. Like, we really have to draw a picture of a square. This is where you need to look in, everybody. So It looks like Impact 
and AEW have some kind of working relationship. It's been hinted at. To be fair, it's been more hinted at with New Japan than it has been with Impact or anyone else. So maybe that was a bit of a smokescreen. But there is definitely some kind of short-term agreement, at the least, between the two companies. And the uh, the AEW World Champion is going to appear on Impact Wrestling TV next week. That is a crazy end to a- 2020 i wouldn't have been able to predict anything let alone whatever <laughs> happens in wrestling <laughs> so anything <laughs> i guess anything is game but no uh that notwithstanding no definitely wouldn't have seen it coming between the two of them is uh a very as i said a very strange end to a very strange year i am quite happy i've had a couple of hours now to to digest it actually i've had about like, a whole day because i woke up at silly o'clock this morning and my twitter had blown up i had so many dms i had texts from friends saying what the hell have i just watched and i had to catch up really quick to find out what was going on and it blew me away then and it still blows me away now i i, I like the idea of impact uh, and AEW. i like the idea that don Callis is the thread between the two and then before we started recording folks mark told me a little uh a little fan theory he came up with with uh, another canadian on the AEW roster isn't that right mate i i did but it's interesting how you say you feel that don Callis is the thread but i really wonder if in some ways kenny omega but even chris jericho in these like degrees of separation mm-hmm. could also be tied to this these links in this relationship their history goes further back than than what we see now or even presently with New Japan. Chris Jericho and Don Callis go back even further, right? So their time in, in Manitoba, and uh, I'm not sure how their ties, if their ties or paths cross per se in ECW, but they were all prominent characters and they have a relationship amongst them. As does Omega and and Don Callis. Now I'm not sure if commentary was completely ac- accurate in, or maybe they were just playing it off, but saying that uh, that Callis was like an uncle or was an uncle, either to to Omega. So I'm not sure. I'm thinking now he's he's an uncle. Wow, it got really <laughs> close. I mean, I didn't know. I, I I know the Billy and Bark Gun aren't really related, but you're either like uh, sorry, or what? you are. <laughs> sorry, what? Hey. Billy and Bart are not are not brothers. <laughs> he, he's not part no. of the, the Gun Club. <laughs> no, I was waiting for him to turn up in the Gun Club as well. Oh man, he's still probably he's still probably got a concussion from Butterbean. But um, but yeah, it it's it's exciting times. I mean, it's it's very strange. I keep saying strange today. I'm I'm very sorry, but it's been a strange year. It's very strange to um to say that. I, I, the way that wrestling has been recently, it's been pretty much by the numbers, by the paint yeah. by the numbers. This has um, come out of left field and shook everything up, and it's it's bloody good. I'm really, really looking forward to Impact on Tuesday. I may even have to stay up and watch it live over here, which I haven't done for quite a while, not since the Good Brothers turned up. Mm, definitely, definitely. But yeah, that's um, that's possibly going to be going to be must-see viewing for me. I'm sure Pete is rubbing his hands in glee somewhere with his preview, which will be out on Monday, folks, as always. 
And I, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I'm still like, dumbstruck and everything else just from that. And that's, that's not even all of what happened on AEW last night either. But that was the biggest thing to happen. It was like the crescendo of a night was, of, of things happening, right? It was. It was. As um, a, great, a great card finishes on a, on a great note and rides the waves. I think the first wave of that night was uh, a debut of someone. Um, uh, someone that we know pretty well. Someone that's 61 years old. Someone whose t-shirt pro wrestling tees has sold more in 24 hours than any other t-shirt in their history, apparently. Hmm. Sting. Sting. The icon is AEW. Is All Elite. What the hell is going on? <laughs> so when, when word re- came out earlier this year that his working relationship or his legends agreement was over. He wasn't contractually. I don't know how much people put into stock of saying, well, at 61, you shouldn't be wrestling. And some have said that he's been cleared medically by his doctors, but not cleared by the WWE's doctors because of injuries. I, I'm not going to validate whether or not that's true. I'm sure somebody that can validate whether that's true and that he's come out and said that I don't know how I would feel not about somebody spot being taken and getting into the cliches, but for his own health, like at 61, the risk of error for you and I Mark at 40 something is one thing you add another 15. Sorry. Good swerve. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, 40-something, we're not going to... 30-something <laughs> plus. <laughs> Engaged to be 40. Um, so I don't know if I would trust having a 61-year-old in the ring in that capacity. Oh, they seem to take liberties with Art Anderson getting physical. Well, whether I was they... just about to say that. Yeah, what, what I've read today is that this Sting deal has been in the works for a few weeks. And... He will be a major prominent part of the roster, but he will not be physically involved. That's what I've heard. Who did who? I think, uh, I think Dave, oh my God. I think Dave posted that either from what he heard from his sources. And I'm not sure how that's going to work. A prominent member of the roster, but then as you said about Arn Anderson, wait a second. Oh, oh, theory just kind of came to me, my friend. Oh, okay. How, All right. how do you not get physical, still have a prominent on-air role, possibly make decisions? Oh, no. They're not going you know, down that route, are they, do you think? Yeah, but the, I, and I know it's been done, but they haven't done it. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to listen. A baby-faced baby GM does not work. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I'm not even supporting the idea. Mm. it's an idea that's out there not that i necessarily agree with but it might be just an idea out there because of what's happening with cody and team taz where maybe he needs to be separated as an evp and more involved as a w-r-e-s-t-l-e-r see what i did there uh that was that was good thank you thank you yeah thanks (laughs) it yeah so i'm Maybe just for that that role, because the young bucks don't take that 
EVP character and cross it over. And even Tony Khan doesn't. And Kenny Omega doesn't. So somebody that plays that role, but it's prominent. He's on screen all the time. He, yeah, you know, it, it makes it. It does make sense, but I don't understand why they decided to debut him at the end of a beatdown angle and then come in and, and do some weird staring, harking back to like just before, like the um the crow well, as he was changing into the crow. If if you guys out there read uh, Clint Dye's amazing WCW retro views, he's covered a few of these where Sting has, has come to the ring and offered someone a bat. I think it was um, Diamond Dallas Page. He offered a bat, turned his back. As you know, I got that vibe last night, and I don't know where they're going to go with it. Obviously, it's still early days. It was also announced at the end of the show last night that next week Sting's going to talk. So we'll find out a bit more on next Wednesday's show. Maybe it's a GM role. So he's a valet slash manager. Maybe he's, he's just going to steal the spotlight and be in every match in a non-physical way. I, I don't know. Maybe Again, he's part of what did they have? Um, they had this character. They had this faction in WCW, and then they had something similar in ECW. Had a right to censor. Um, Oh, I'm, I know you're on about. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I know you're on about. I can't think of the bloody name. So ECW was the network, I believe. That's right. And who right. who who was a network executive in, in oh, that? Wasn't it Don Callis? It was indeed or... Don Callis. <laughs> yeah. Weird how that all came about, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. it? Again, it's it's nice to see Sting back on the screens. The pop that he got from the the limited amount of people that were in, in the uh, Daily's place was pretty damn impressive, actually. Mm-hmm. It came over really well, I thought, it, it, the, uh, the importance of the pop and zooming into the fans in the crowd going completely start raving bonkers was, was pretty sweet as well. Even, even my, my little wingman, he watched it this afternoon with me, was coming. So when, obviously, the, the end of the beatdown of um, Dustin and Cody and everyone else that was there, and it all the screen goes black, and like my little wingman turns to me and goes, "Oh, what's going on? Who's, what's what's happening?" I said, "Just watch, just watch." And the video plays, and there was a few little hints of what's to come when there was a little crow there on certain scenes of the video, and then it just flashed up Sting, and my wingman has just gone, "Oh my God, Sting is in AEW." He's shaking my shoulder as like you couldn't believe it. Sting is in AEW, Dad. What? That's that's the kind of reaction that Tony and everyone else wanted, and. That's what they wow. want. Exactly, it works, and they're, they're headline news. Headline mm-hmm. news. You've got you've got a major war games takeover this weekend. It's kind of been pushed to the back pages because front page is is AEW all day long. Front, middle, second to last back page. I think. Yep. A great, great coup there from from Mister Khan and his lovely band of EVPs. So, what do we think to to AEW going forward? Do you reckon? There's going to be this cross promotion with impacts. Do you reckon Sting is going to be <laughs> a major part? Well, I, I definitely see a major uh, cross promotion. I mean, if you're on social media and Twitter, things already are, are floating around. And the the North, for instance, they're yeah. they're the ones that are saying that they're ready for FTR. And Dax responds, "No, you're not." 
and <laughs> the possibility the possibility is of generation me when they were known as generation me facing the motor city machine guns oh wait a minute generation me is not their name young bucks right so if nick and matt jackson come together with their past in impact or tna um on on the um impact plus app there's mm-hmm. like a highlighted featured match of the day or something along those lines i haven't seen it myself but there's um people were saying that yesterday yesterday's or yeah yesterday's featured match was uh, a gen me match which people f- put down as them foreshadowing what was going to happen later on in the evening it's crazy it's yeah Oh, if you know breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs, folks. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, oh, I thought I really don't know what to say. It's it, it, I keep saying it. It's blown my mind. I did not expect this. I wasn't prepared for all this to happen at the end of this year, when December is normally a quiet month in the world of wrestling, where everyone signs to wind down and spend some time with their families and everything else, and this happens <laughs> it's it's amazing news it really is it wasn't the only thing that happened on the show because the uh the middle part of the wave you know you've got the big wave and it all comes crashing down again so the crashing down part well could we be seeing the inner circle split uh it's, it's a possibility if you listen to chris jericho after yesterday what do you reckon to that then what what happened what what caused Chris Jericho to spit out his proverbial dummy? Uh, well, if the end of the show has anything to do with it, the whole idea of well, who who would stand up for AEW if potentially the AEW champion is the one hobnobbing with the enemy or the other network? Uh, I think if you're already coming to the idea of splitting up the inner circle. Those guys that had purpose, proud and powerful, and Jay Hagar, I mean, the, what happens to them? The idea of them splitting because Jericho maybe has a smaller schedule, maybe does a few other things. It's maybe all part of MJF's master plan and that it leads or sets up for something where we get a face turn from Jericho. But I, the idea of them splitting seems more possible now than it was anywhere else. It just adds to the everything being a calamity. I mean, the, the steady champion that was John Moxley is gone. Upheaval comes in because Don Callis comes and, and t- whisks, uh, whisks off Kenny Omega, and they're going somewhere else. The one constant stable... Essentially, since AEW was even an AEW, seemingly has run its course. If they disband, that shows more chaos and m- less order. So the idea of who re- who reforms or puts that order in place, maybe it is Stink as a general manager or as an authority figure. That sort of concept. But the idea of a, of the inner circle splitting seems more possible than it is than it isn't and maybe those that separate decide to align with mjf because he can provide them something i don't know 
Is Inner Circle going to split? Of course they are. Are they going to split next week? I don't think so. It's too early for that. MJF yeah. has just joined the group. Story-wise, he needs time to win everyone over before the eventual split happens. And it will be a split, as you, as you said just there. It won't be a, a breakup. It will be split right down the middle. MJF, MJF will have his cronies. Jericho may have his cronies. Or Jericho may just throw his hands up in the air and go, do you know what? F you, I'm off. I'm going to Impact. Or I'll go to New Japan. <laughs> or, you know, he could do whatever he wants. He's the goddamn goat. It's too early to, for that to happen. I, I would leave that for until double or nothing next year. That that big implosion of the inner circle. And whoever MJF has with Wardlow, or maybe Wardlow sides with the other side and Jake Hager goes over to MJF. There's so many variables. It's um, It's another interesting wrinkle in the AEW story. It's mm-hmm. so many, it's so many good storylines going on at the moment. It's, it is really is becoming un, like, unmissable TV. Really is. Next week, it's all going to be goody, yeah. It's all going to be MJF and Sammy going. Hey, we're best buds. We had our disagreements in Vegas. We had our disagreements last week, but we're going to work together as a team. We're going to push forward. We're going to get back the championships. We're going to own everything. And then you think that Sting's going to come along and go, yay! reassess that after i've said this and it could very well be right yeah that's the fun part about what we're doing right we're gonna throw up a few ideas and see hopefully if some of them theoretically make sense if they're the breadcrumbs into the path that we want them to go or we hope that they're gonna go is sting gonna take on that role i don't know he might have a network type role and and they kept really foreshadowing or not foreshadowing just saying he you know, he is kind of like a hallmark of TNT. Well, no, it was a hallmark of WCW that was on TNT. Yeah. And, and, but they really are hammering down the TNT connection with him. So maybe his role, but the thing is, Tony Khan already said that he's been signed to. So the idea of him having a separate contract, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Do you know, do you know the, the one thing? got to me during Sting's entrance and Sting's surprise entrance is you had Tony going full on Tony, you know, it's Sting and losing his mind. And you had mm-hmm. JR next to him who just started spouting off all these facts like he had them written down in front of him. It didn't sound spontaneous enough. It's just a little yeah. a little minor criticism from, from me personally. It took me out of the moment just a tad because I was expecting JR to lose his mind. And it didn't happen. It was down to Tony, and Tony was just left out to dry by himself while JR was <laughs> spouting out all these facts and figures. And well, there's Sting, and he hasn't worked for TNT for nearly 7,435 days, and, and blah, 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 blah. It was, it was just a bit disappointing. So we're going to move along from AEW and talk about its, its bedfellow on Wednesday nights on the opposite network, NXT. Uh, it was the go home show yesterday before. The aforementioned takeover war games this Sunday. What did you think to it? Did you watch it at all? I I caught it. I did the same thing again as I did with AEW. I kind of fast forwarded it at sixteen speed and saw some very funny bumps from an from a ladder at sixteen speed, which made me and my wingman laugh quite quite a lot. <laughs> but um, from what I saw, it was uh, an okay show. Not really a, a go home show, so to speak. Or not a go-home show, that's the wrong way of saying it. A good go-home show. 
it didn't really set up even higher stakes. It sort of just said, well, here's what's happening Sunday. Here's the storyline progression. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. That's what I thought anyway. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Well, um, I haven't seen it, but from what I can tell, uh, Il Shirai, they finalized the women's team. So my concern is I, is the the face rosters too thin that they don't have somebody else to take that place and have EO defend the title. Mm. That you have to take the women's championship, the one female title on the brand and take away a championship opportunity. Now, there's the triple threat for the North American, but you know, with Balor still hurt, why would you take away another potential title opportunity? I don't know who would have filled that role. And if it was a Mia Yim, it then it doesn't really make sense because she's reckoning on Raw. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, this this is a strange one. I must admit, but they have done ever since war games started there's been or the wwe version of war games there's always been two war games matches a male and a female and it's always been like the biggest names to not have eo in the female war games match i think would be a slight to the actual match it needs hmm. every big so, name there so now is kaylee ray in see she's she's been a part of the female war games i thought last year yes which is she still in the uk so She's flying over here, yeah. so that's so that's an issue with her coming into the u.s then well you think that no. but then grizzled young veterans are over there pack is over there and they've all flown from over here so right uh, the, I, the I NXT, don't know <laughs> the in the nxt uk title isn't being defended there so you could still have a prominent person that's a fate like that, that that has a title. Although I don't know if she's playing the role of face or heel right now. Um, that would have been who, who Kaylee Ray. Kaylee Ray, like at the last oh, I she's saw, a she was heel. Heel. Oh, so she's a major it, heel. So and then <laughs> right, so right from from her time. So uh, swapping Tony Storm to turning heel was mm -hmm. an about face that I kind of didn't see coming either. So who would you have had Phil? I guess the roster isn't thin enough where you couldn't have had still a uh, a threat or even somebody that's come in that's notable to be a part of it so i i can i can understand it i just feel that you took away a championship opportunity especially when the other one is hurt there's no tag titles being defended you know so we'll see what happens but um hmm. i mean yeah. the card itself the card itself is is it's pretty interesting i mean there was a yeah. match announced um after nxt went off the air which is um, Tommaso Ciampa against Timothy Thatcher. Mm. I mean, that's just got indie love all over it, all over oh. it. I I can't wait to see that. That's just that's just gonna be two men kicking the crap out of each other, and I'm gonna be sat at home with a beer, rubbing my hands in glee. Then you've got the the strap match with Dexter Loomis and, and Cameron Grimes. That's 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 some storytelling done this week as well. Did you did you catch that? Uh, I hadn't, but I've seen how Grimes has been a thorn in the side of Loomis in the past. So, <laughs> so Gr Grimes came to the ring today with a bag of straps, which is just as nutty as it sounds, a bag of straps um, <laughs> against, uh, I can't remember who his match was against, but he was like showing off all his straps and he beats him. 
and he's he's standing, he's he's, he's looking at the camera, going, "Oh, I'm going to have you, Loomis." I'm going. He's got his straps out and he's slapping them, and you know, making them look really, really dangerous. And then Dexter just slides into the ring like Dexter does because he's a freaky, creepy dude. And yeah, they they just just a bit more storyline progression with with the strap match. Really, really, really good. That's a match that looks really, really good. I said that twice now. <laughs> Sharp. Um, and then you've got as you as you said earlier the triple threat for the North American title. You've got Johnny Gargano, who seems to be I think in his contract that he has to be on Takeover in a championship match. <laughs> Against Damien Priest, the former cha- former champion before, obviously Johnny, against the the young underdog upstart that no one really knew unless you know you're wrestling, Leon Ruff, that could be a little bit of a show stealer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, nobody expects much from Ruff because he's um, definitely played off as an underdog, even from his entrance. That <laughs> it's really peculiar. <laughs> but it just it's just a reflection of the character too. And it's hard not to kind of get behind him. I mean, if you like if you're one for the underdog and you and you appreciate that, but then you you know that Priest is gonna have it all out. Does Priest recapture the title? What do you think? If they're gonna get the title off rough, this is the time to do it because he can lose it without being pinned and still be strong. That's yep. That's the way to do it. So it'll be a Johnny pinning priest or priest pinning johnny or you know leon might just shock the world again and, and pick up another unsuspecting victory because he is the ultimate underdog yeah it's a it's a story i can't pick a winner from and that's that's good i like matches like that i don't like matches where you sat there and go right i know who's gonna win this one and rather than concentrating on the matches scrolling through facebook or twitter or whatever else and paying no attention this one i'll have all eyes and ears on this because I really can't choose a winner. Well, I'm I'm not going to search the internet. I'm actually going to go to ProWrestlingPost.com and I'm going to read John Call's preview on NXT TakeOver where he says Ruff will once again steal a victory and retain his championship in the second biggest upset in NXT history. So he's on record as saying that. If I wasn't sitting so close to my mic right now, I would be clapping and applauding you right now. That was a perfect segue, folks. So all you wannabe podcasters, that that is how you do a segue. Fair play, my <laughs> friend. But yeah, you're right. It's get yourself over to to John's as always brilliant NXT previews. He um we need to get him on the show. We need to get him on the show by hook or if by we, crook. If- yeah, definitely, John, if you're hearing this, and I'm hoping that you will this coming weekend when this airs live, uh, we need to set it up effectively for our next NXT TakeOver preview that you will join us and bookend, make this a triad for that show. Definitely. Definitely. Need you on here. I can lay out a bit and stop talking rubbish because that's apparently what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, late. I do apologize. It's late. I keep saying, I keep saying it's really good. I've, I must've said that about 20 times by now. If somebody can actually count how many times I say that throughout this and tweet me, uh, I'll give you a shout out next week. That's Make a drinking threat. game. <laughs> Make it a drink. Oh, come on. I'm not that bad. <laughs> oh, it's not, it's not the vintage drinking game, is it? Oh, man. <laughs> I try. I, me and my friends should do that. We we said we were going to do it one one time. We were going to watch. I think it was WrestleMania. We were going to have a shot every time Michael Cole said vintage, and then we actually got worried that we'd be completely wasted by like our the end of hour one. So we um we we kind of gave up on that. 
we go to the um, the women's war games match, which we we spoke about earlier. So we have Team Blackheart, which is Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and as we found out last night or a few nights ago, as you're listening to this at the weekend, uh, the NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai. They'll take on Team Larray, which is obviously Candice Larray, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. What can we expect from a sheer presence? I, I like Team Blackheart. Team Shotzi really seems to to strike me as a team, and a little surprised by the about face turn of Tony Storm. So those are things that kind of caught me off guard. Didn't expect yeah, you, that. You, that's the second time you've, you've spoken about Tony Storm. Why? Why has that shocked you? I've seen Tony Storm as a heel and a face, so that does, it doesn't shock me over here. But um, what have you never ever seen Tony I've as, seen, as a heel? And that's just it. I've I've never seen Tony as a heel, and She's at the good. same time, I had never seen Candice LeRae as a heel, and I'm still having a hard time. I mean, they can change her hair color. I, I have a really hard time looking past her smile. and I'm like that with Candice. You've, you've spent how many years um, putting yourself across as this bubblegum, sweet, you know, perfect little woman. And then she gets brought up to NXT and she's Mrs. Gagano and whatever else. And yeah. And, yeah. It's really difficult to see her as a heel. Johnny, I can see as a heel. Not a problem. Candice, really difficult. But Tony Storm plays a heel really, really, really well. Mm, okay. it's, 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 you know how Tony Storm is very confident? When she's a face, she's very confident. When she's a heel, she's that, but she's dialed it up to about 100. And she comes mm. off as, as really, really confident and, oh, she. You'll be surprised. She's really, really good. All right. Ember Moon has a history of, of picking up in injuries. Oh, yes. Yes. So my thinking is, is that she was put in this match as a way of not getting injured. I know that sounds some backwards kind of thinking. But yeah. in a 4v4 match in a cage, she'd have less to do than what she would in a ring. She's hurt herself how many times in the ring? Mainly because of her finisher. Oh. Um, which, by the way is so damn good it really I is i love that really finisher is. it's beautiful but it's so dangerous on her end and that she's she's busted herself quite a few times because of it well so, it's been foot foot and ankle right and uh yeah. nearly career threatening so yeah 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 i can understand that um she may have to revisit it how she does it um maybe 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 that's just the maybe that does there's less dependence on her to having to do as much. I can see that. But I reckon she'll be, a, I reckon Ember will be the last one in. She'll be, there'll be less for her to do physically wise, physically wise, physicality wise to, uh, to get into the match. Cause team Blackheart's got the advantage. So they obviously, mm. they, they go first. So I reckon Ember Moon will be the last one to enter the, the cage and she'll clean house that way. And then she'll be protected, so to speak. Okay. Personally, I mean, I might be completely bloody wrong. In which case, again, it's been a, it's been three weeks since I've told you about this. Feel free to blast me on Twitter uh, at Mark Blake P. I can't even say it. Mark Blake PWP. See, that's how long it is since I've had to do a a promo, so to speak. I said that twice. I've said so to speak. Jesus Christ, I'm so well, it's out really of good. Whack. <laughs> I'm so out of whack. 
in this it's presenting right. arc. Three weeks off. I apologise, folks. I will be back to my normal self next week. I, I promise. So the women's women's war games match. Which way do you reckon it's going to go? Uh, I see Team LeRae um, walking out eventually and and making a statement. I think there has to be some sort of tie-in with Shirai and whomever that winner is or whomever it is that walks out. Maybe we see a a Storm Shirai reemergence or another chance for those two to face each other like they did mm-hmm. in the Mae Young Classic. And yeah. this is maybe Young's um, or Shirai, Shirai's the one with something to prove, right? Because it was Storm that won the last time. So that's right. She'll have that kind of hanging over her head. So um, I will say, though, of the eight women, who do you think has the best opportunity to make a really impressive showing, a real, like, really churn heads? <sighs> well, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a breakout performance, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Shotzi. This is right up her alley. This is her kind of rough and ready physical match. The, yeah, I reckon Shotzi is going to, going to shock a few people. Hmm. What do you think? Um, Ember is going to be protected. Rhea Ripley, I mean, she's, uh, well, she's, she's Rhea Ripley. She's, she's awesome. EO is yeah. EO. Everyone knows what EO can do. Candice LeRae is scrappy, to put it, a finer point on it. She's she's scrappy. She can go. Dakota. <laughs> Dakota's going to hide behind Raquel most of the match, which is going to be brilliant. And then you've got Tony Storm, who, if I had to choose someone else, would be my next pick. Tony's going to show people t- this Sunday just how vicious and nasty a heel she can be. And I can't wait. I won't mind seeing Shotzi and, and Tony starting the match off. That'd be great. That'd be that'd be really good. Awesome. What about yourself? Who could you see? So I, I, I'm going to go with Raquel only because nobody expects her to do anything but have to protect Dakota, like yourself had mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if there's a chance in, in mistakes being not as a focal point for her to really elevate on a pay-per-view, I would say of the eight women she has the least experience or the least prominent role in that kind of experience that that tough um bodyguard type figure character works for her and it doesn't necessarily work for a lot of people but she has an opportunity to elevate herself and her value and how people see her this night will she do it that really does depend on her um Mm. is she just gonna be just the bodyguard or like Diesel broke out from just being the bodyguard of Shawn Michaels. So at some point, even though there's not large crowds, when is the time for her to show she's more than that? It, it has to really be up to her again. All good picks. All yeah. good picks. It, it could happen. You never know. WWE booking. They might try and outbook themselves following AEW's lead. Which then leads us up to the men's war games match, which is uh, intriguing to say the least. You have the kings of NXT. I really, really don't like that name. It's no. it's really lazy. I really don't like that. <laughs> but anyway, much kings... like undisputed area uh, era yeah. Here, so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that when it first started, but it grew on me. But the kings of NXT, I really don't. It's just really 
really yeah. lazy. So the Kings of NXT, which is Pat McAfee, Pete Dunne, and the NXT Tag Team Champions of Only Lorcan and Danny Birch, they will take on the Undisputed Era, which is obviously Adam Bebe Cole, Carlo Riley, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish. What can you see? Did you before actually before you answer that? Did you see the um, the little package that was on NXT this week with Undisputed Era having dinner? No, and sure. So sure. they were basically um, having dinner. And I think Adam Cole said they haven't really been challenged like this before. We're not sure. Basically, Adam Cole was, was doing the my, my faith is shaken kind of routine. And everyone else was like, no, what are you on about? We're going to do them. We're going to have them. We're going to do this. We're going to be so dominant. And we're going to take over the whole company yet again. So it was that kind of thing. And then later on in the show, the Kings of NXT, oh God, I hate that name, uh, came back <laughs> out. And um, Pat McAfee, who is so so damn good on the mic i could listen to him all day long he he ran down that promo package and just said it was a waste of time you're all gonna lose it's just the way he said it it was it was so good but yeah just just pushed on and elevated the rivalry and the match just a little bit more so what do you what what do you think is it going to be ue is it going to be the kings of nxt or um or what i, um, I don't know <laughs> well it, it's kind of funny though on the night that we were talking about the ultimatum and the potential split of one faction, one promotion, could that happen here? And the only reason we say that is a few weeks back when we were talking with Pete, the idea of, of there being division amongst the undisputed era. That's right. That, yeah. that, that coming to the forefront, right? So, um, is there like does Ridge Holland play a role? Uh, I wonder if there's some underlining issue. Uh, I don't know where Roderick Strong necessarily fits. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it. Um, is there a division, and does does Adam break away and he lose the support of his of his teammates? I don't know. You, but I you name dropped Ridge Holland there. Which yeah. is coincidental because during Pat McAfee's little rant later on on the NXT, he said that he looks after his boys. He looks after the kings of NXT. He looks after them by making sure they're well looked after. He looks after them by buying them nice things. He also mentioned he bought Ridge Holland something. Whether or not Ridge Holland is going to get involved somehow, but I don't know how because he blew his ACL or whatever it was. Hmm. Um, but he did mention him by name. So maybe he is going to be part of this group going forwards. Maybe down the line, if it lasts that long, I, I don't know. The Undisputed Era, again, they will split. But I don't think it's going to happen soon and definitely not against the Kings of NXT. The way that they were in that promo, it was like they had got the fire in their belly back again. You yeah. know how sometimes when you get to the top of the mountain, you you survey all across the land, you think, I've done it, I've finally done it, and you start to relax. That's what they were like when they had all the gold. And now, because you've got this young whippersnapper team nipping at their heels, and their their position as the group in NXT, and possibly WWE, is being threatened, they've got the fire back in their eyes, and I reckon they're going to... They, I reckon this storyline has put on 
about another six months before UE split. Hmm. And Roderick Strong, I still don't get. <laughs> Sorry. Now, <laughs> you just don't get. Uh, it's okay. No. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, they, they will They will split. And they'll go their own way eventually. But uh, not not just yet. Who do you think? Who do you think is going to walk away the winner? Is it going to be as as bloody and as uh, as nasty as War Games gone by? Uh, I think there's the possibility of it, just because the motivation of the fire that you were talking about with UE being in there. Uh, I can definitely see the the aggression coming out. How they were beaten down. They it was like the bullies were bullied yeah. by other bullies. It was as if in order to state their claim, the other group had to do that to them, right? But the problem here is not that I don't take not that they shouldn't lose, but this is their first collection as a unit. Is it just a one-off and kings of NXT just be just this one instance and that they're not or does ridge holland become heavy for pat mcafee and then the rest of the group is just kind of goes their separate ways see i'm i'm confused as well because when um pete dunn was talking um when was it a week or two ago he was talking about his um motivations for joining pat mcafee's group and he said he hadn't forgotten when roddy strong turned on him that's why he's joined Pat McAfee, the tag team champions of Birch and, and um, Lorcan uh, joined Pat McAfee because he could guarantee them the NXT titles. It doesn't feel like the loyalty goes far. No. Unlike UE, who have been together for so long and uh, are like brothers, it's like this like, really strong kind of like blood bond between the four of them. Whereas yeah. the Kings of NXT, too, um, they don't. It's just like a, we're together to get the best out of what we can kind of deal. Yeah, because he he assured them the titles. Well, they've got the titles. Now, is are they indebted to him for uh, uh, ever and ever? It just... He said, he, McAfee said that he wants to make sure that they are the dominant force in NXT. That's, that's all we've got out of him. So I, I can see them sticking around. I can see the match being really close as close as a war games match can be, if that makes sense. Everyone's going to get beaten down. Everyone's going to get a good amount of offense and it's going to, someone's going to eke a victory by, by one way or another. I can see this feud continuing a bit more, which is strange because normally a war games match is the end of a feud. So yeah, I'm not sure. Um, maybe there's going to be something at the Royal rumble this year. They might actually acknowledge NXT. Uh, or, yeah, I don't know how they're going to run. That's a that's a conversation for another day. How are they going to run NXT? That's a conversation for another day. How are they going to run the Royal Rumble this year? Yeah, with yeah, there's bodies limited and I, uh, I was I was talking to my wife. I I Royal Rumble is my favorite event of the year. Going off topic slightly, it's my favorite yeah. event of the year. I for ever since I was old enough to stay up and watch it. I have done it. Whether that meant going to school the next day with two hours sleep or going into work with no sleep, which I've done a few times before. Hey, Paul. Hey, Dan. How you doing? It's my favorite event of the year. And to have a, a Royal Rumble with no fans 
under the Thunderdome loses it for me. I can't. I'm not that picky, really, when it comes to like the lack of fans in attendance. Apart from the Royal Rumble, where you need the fans there, you need them there, counting down, making the goddamn buzzer sound, to lose their mind when the occasional surprise turns up in in the in the Rumble. Without them there, it is just a glorified battle royal. It loses it. The fans make the Royal Rumble in my eyes. And that's the part, right? They're, are they going to have the piped-in response? That's the thing. Yeah. God. God, I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah, it, it definitely loses something. Uncle Vince is adamant that it's going gonna, it's gonna to continue, and it's, what, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, till, till Rumble? Yeah, Uncle Vince is just adamant that he's going to He's going to run the rumble with or without fans by the looks of it. And if it's, if it's no fans this year, if it's in the, under the Thunderdome conditions, which I think they're moving to, is it to Tampa? Yeah. They're moving to Tampa, aren't they? Then for the first time in, in my life, I'm going to pass on the rumble and I will watch it a day or two later rather than live, which sucks. No idea how much that sucks for me. but You know what I think they might use? As a tagline, just because we're talking. So you know how the WWE, like how they had for WrestleMania is so big, we had to hold it over two days. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Royal Rumble was so big, we had to hold it in three different rings. And they <sighs> literally, can, like World War Three in WCW. Oh <laughs> it's comical, <laughs> but how do you social distance? Oh, my God. That's so uh, talking about social you, distancing. You have 30 guys or girls <laughs> over three rings. You're going to so keep you, your six feet. You haven't watched um, Talking Shopper Mania, have you? One or no, two? No, no, I haven't. So in the first, in the first Talking Shopper Mania, they, they hold um, the world's first socially distanced battle royal. <laughs> and it is, it is very, very funny. It's actually, it's pretty hilarious. Um, and it's just, you just saying that having free rings because it's a socially distanced uh, Royal Rumble just brought back memories of that. <laughs> it, it, World War Three was a terrible gimmick to begin with. Please don't give anyone any ideas to bring it back. No, no, okay, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, but... it was. Have you actually watched a World War World War Three match? Yes, I. Um, it's horrible, not... isn't it? It is. It is. But you don't know there were some. Some WCW ideas were throw enough at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, oh. that's kind of stuck. And uh, it's hard yeah. from a fan's perspective. I mean, even watching old scaffold matches mm. and not only the the danger that's involved in that, but what kind of a... It's all about the crash. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the crash. There's no... Nobody's steadily having a battle up top of one of those things or one of the, I think there's been ones where they've had uh, like a house of or dungeon of doom type match where they've got like an electric chair configured or something. And you're being, I mean, it's comical and absurd, but this definitely falls within it. But if they're so adamant on having it the way it's been, where every 90 seconds somebody's coming in? I don't know. Well, we'll find that soon enough. I'm sure in the... Uh, well, get TLC out of the way. 
and it's the the next major pay-per-view so they'll start dropping some some hints hopefully about what's going to happen then i mean tlc's it's what a week or two away two weeks mm-hmm. yeah so um look forward to that that's in the future and talking of the future we have a uh, a future piece to wrap up tonight's tonight's or even today today's podcast mark what have you got for us this week i would be remiss in in trying to say what's going to be as opposed to right now focusing what's come out and if you haven't i know the the release of this would show that you have a chance of looking at this past week's nxt preview which john call did present hopefully his predictions were bang on site itself Going through some things that we're trying to adjust and make better. And because of that, in order to provide the best content available, we need to be the most accessible we are. And that's providing the best website possible. And in doing that, we have a lot of exciting things to come up. This month, we, both Mark and I, have kind of running through some ideas. How do we wrap up 2020? It's been an awful year, but hopefully as a wrestling fan and a fan of lists, we'll have a series of different things that will catch your attention and hopefully things that we can look forward to with 2021. Yeah, baby. Let's um, let's get this goddamn year over and done with. We'll send it packing and we'll bring 2021. (sighs) And we're all looking ahead, hoping for better times. And what better time? Then with Pro Wrestling Post and our amazing lists, and that's that's how we roll in December. It's just lists. Yeah, that's what people want. They want to know. Exactly. So on that note, I'm off to learn how to do a podcast again because I think <laughs> I've been terrible today. Uh, I would like to blame it on the lack of sleep, which I am actually quite tired. It's been a long old day. Um, but I am just rusty because it's three weeks without talking about wrestling with Mark and with Pete or with anyone else, really. So I need to get back into the swing of that. So I apologise. And next week, I shall be on tip-top form because I will be practising by talking to myself in a mirror for about an hour or so a day. Mark, where can we find you on the socials? You can find me on Twitter, one of two different places, at Pro Wrestling. PST. That would be our our site podcast um, podcast. Not a site podcast. Our site website Twitter handle. Uh, personally, you can reach me at the Mark Madison uh, on Instagram at Pro Wrestling Post. You could also reach me on Facebook at or reach us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Pro Wrestling PST. And I feel like I, I want to think back to pete and coming up with something clever where you can also find me um (laughs) between i don't know um coins stuck between cushions of my couch i don't know if that's where i want to be found because typically my cat will get to it i don't know so i may have to send you to developmental to um work (laughs) on those (laughs) yeah definitely yeah possibly definitely we shall see uh, as for myself, <laughs> I mentioned it earlier and I, I ballsed it up, so I'll try it again now. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter at MarkBlakePWP and you'll find the actual podcast Twitter at PWP underscore pod. Feel free to once again give us a, give us a hello, give us a follow, whatever, you know. 
what do what we normally do on Twitter. It's great. Also, if it's uh, if it's all right with you guys and girls, give us a five star recommendation. Obviously, don't base the five star on my presenting on style. <laughs> on on my presenting style, because as I've just literally just said, it's not been my best. And just go back, listen to an old couple of old pods where we're on the ball, where I am in tip top shape. Base your five star recommendation on that, and I will. Slap you on the back next time I see you and thrust a cold, frosty beer in your hand or beverage of your choosing. That's enough rabbiting on for me. Like I said, I'm off to go and talk to myself in the mirror until I can learn how to present again. So until next week, adios. Ciao.